podcasting from Baldwin, New York. Welcome to the Baldwin Bruins Sports Podcast, bringing you everything Baldwin Athletics, including news, game breakdowns, analysis, interviews, and much, much more. Prepare for the laughs, hot takes, hard questions, and everything in between. Now, here are your hosts, ready to dive into everything Bruins sports, Yao Bonsu and Tyler Brown. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of the Bold and Bruin Sports Podcast alongside Tyler Brown. I'm Yao Bonsu, and each fall and winter team were tasked with picking a most valuable player, an unsung hero, and a Strive for Excellent Award winner. And before we get into the interview we have for today's episode, we highlight these athletes. So for cross country, we have Liam Graff as the most valuable player, Patrick Mulvey as the unsung hero, and Dylan Pickett as well as Thomas Swindell for the Strive for Excellent award winners. For girls cross country, we have Marcella Figueroa as the most valuable player, and Liz Mateo as the unsung hero, and Raquel Brown and Mavel Volney for the Strive for Excellence award winners. For girls field hockey, we have Alexa Stegmuller as the most valuable player, Leanna Solomon as the unsung hero, and Juliana Karen as well as Nicolette Torres for the Strive for Excellence Award winners. For boys football, we have Trevor Watts as the most valuable player, Ronnie Marchese Solano as the unsung hero, and then for the Strive for Excellence Award winners, we have Lance Levy and Peyton Muller. For boys soccer, we have Mike Perret as the most valuable player, Isaiah Bell as the unsung hero, and then for the Strive for Excellence Awards, we have Sean Campbell and Justin Jean-Louis. For girls soccer, Brianna Lopez won the most valuable player award, with Janelle Hardy getting the unsung hero award, and then Strive for Excellence went to Desiree Ford and Elena Randolph. For girls tennis, we have Nicolette Carrion winning the MVP, Kayla McKenzie winning the unsung hero award, and then for the Strive for Excellence Award, we have Jasmine Gonzalez and Gabriella Pichet. For girls volleyball, we have Brianna Espert winning MVP, Candice Patanzas winning the Unsung Hero Award, and then for the Strive for Excellence Award, we had April Red and Alexa Zuniga. For boys basketball county champions, we have Isaiah Walker winning the Most Valuable Player Award, Trayvon Blackett winning the Unsung Hero Award, and then for the Strive for Excellence Award, we have Joshua Minton and Kenneth Ojukiri. For the Girls Basketball Awards, we have Elena Randolph winning the Most Valuable Player, leading them to a county championship. We have Ty Fortune winning the Unsung Hero Award, and Layla Elor, as well as Shania Iglesias, winning the Strive for Excellence Awards. For Boys Bowling, we have Matthew Omedo winning the Most Valuable Player Award, Danielle Dar winning the Unsung Hero Award, and then we have Matthew Johnson winning the Strive for Excellence Award. For Girls Bowling, we have Amanda Ruta winning the MVP, Jocelyn Salazar winning the Unsung Hero Award, and Amira Vanderman Briggs winning the Strive for Excellence Award. For Girls Cheerleading, we have Danae McCready winning the MVP, Mahalia Simmons winning the Unsung Hero Award, and then Kalea Shiverton as well as Kaylin Martinez winning the Strive for Excellence Awards. For Boys Winter Track, we have Jeremy Jean-Baptiste winning the Most Viable Player Award, Mark Anthony Davis winning the Unsung Hero Award, and then Stephen Elcock as well as Justin Stewart winning the Strive for Excellence Awards. For Girls Winter Track, we have Victoria Gaultier winning the Most Viable Player Award, Kemi Idowu winning the Unsung Hero Award, and then Kristen Gardner as well as Kenita Jones winning the Strive for Excellence Awards. For Girls, or sorry, Cross Ed Marksmanship, we have Marie Drew winning the Most Viable Player Award, we have Leslie Lucero winning the Unsung Hero Award, and then we have Maya Jovia as well as Kirsten Mahler winning the Strive for Excellence Awards. And last but certainly not least, we have Boys Varsity Wrestling, we have Khalil Cuff winning the Most Viable Player Award, Joseph Ramirez winning the Unsung Hero Award, and then we have the Strive for Excellence Awards going to Quasi Bonsu and Jonathan Warnian. Congrats to all the award winners, and now we get into our Spring Athlete Interview of the Week. Tyler interviews Aaron Hurtado and Daniel Hernandez. Hello, and welcome back to the Bold and Bold Sports Podcast. Today, I am here with Aaron Hurtado and Daniel Hernandez for the 32nd episode of the Bold and Bold Sports Podcast. How are you guys doing today? How are you, how you guys feeling? I'm good, feeling good. Everything's fine over here. Yeah, as good as we're going to get in this quarantine, honestly. Honestly, I'm tired of it because I'm tired. Yeah. Let's get into that point where 
it's just going on too long, honestly. I didn't think it was going to last as long either, but that's okay. All right, what have you guys been doing to stay in high spirits and keep yourself occupied during this quarantine? I mean, I've been trying to get out the house as much as I can, just get the sun and stuff, because staying inside, you know, that's usually typically not what I do. I just walk my dog, go out shopping, just try to keep social as much like as I can, basically. Oh, uh, yeah, same. I've been trying to, like, rekindle old hobbies that I have, create new ones. Like, I started playing the piano again. It's a it's a long and tedious process. It kind of kind of stinks that I'm not good, but you know you're only gonna get good by practicing, you know. So, so Daniel, what do you been like when you get at the house? Like, what do you do? I mean, not sometimes I go for drives and stuff. Just because. Have you ever just gone on a drive? You know, just felt yourself. I mean, have it because I can't drive, but yeah, I can't drive either. <laughs> no, yeah. you'll see, you'll see. It's just. It's a place where you can be alone and stuff, you know? When you're in your home, you feel isolated, but when you're in your car, you can go anywhere, you know? You can just mentally relax, kind of. Yeah, I'll look forward to that when I uh, when I get a car and I can drive. But, you know, <laughs> for right now, I'll stick to uh, just uh, going in my backyard and just uh, just chilling out there. <laughs> I feel uh, here. Majority of people got their college decisions and commitment posts out the way. And on social media, they're posting about it, Snapchat, Instagram, all that stuff. Daniel, you will be attending Stony Brook in the fall, Stony Brook University. And Aaron, you will be going to Binghamton University, ironically, on the shirt right there. Um, what made you guys choose these two the other ones you guys had lined up? Because I know there are definitely some options for you guys. Well, I applied to a lot of SUNY schools, and my major, I'm going to nursing. And Stony Brook's one of the top nursing schools in New York. So for me, uh, there were a lot of options, obviously. Uh, there was, like, obviously weighing, like, costs and uh, distance from where we are now. I, and I always knew that I didn't really want to go that far, uh, like, stay in the state, most likely. I had a couple options out of state. But um, uh, honestly, it was just, like, it, when it came down to it, my top three were uh, Bing, um, Stony Brook, and uh, Rochester, uh, it was just like after weighing everything, it just came down to this feeling that I had in the beginning when I was starting the application process. It was just like this unexplainable feeling that I had for Binghamton that I just like, in the end, it just like, I lost it a little because I got, I got lost in all the offers and all, and people just like bringing in more information that whether I, it needed to be there or not. But in the end, it just came back it just it circled all the way back around to that to that gut feeling you know when you just when you know you feel the need to do something you just you just got to go for it so then i ended up choosing bing and uh hopefully hopefully it's the right decision it's the <laughs> got to learn from it anyway so That's true. so I, so basically i'm going to stony brook uh i chose it mainly because of the nursing program that they have there as the hospital is right on campus, so that's kind of really neat. I get to have uh, clinics, just go in, walk, and see how to do everything. And I feel like it's going to be a really good one-on-one -on -one learning experience for me. And honestly, I thought I was going to stay home. But I think something that's good for a lot of people is, like Aaron said, going out of your comfort zone, taking a risk. And I feel like it's just going to really help me develop not only as a nurse going there, but as a person. So, Daniel, you're going to Stony Brook, and Aaron, you said that a possibility was Stony Brook. How would you guys have felt about that going to Stony Brook? So, actually, the, the, the big thing was we, we had talked to a bunch of people uh, like Tristan, Tristan Harding, and Michael Prey. They were all part of this conversation. We were just, in the beginning, we were all thinking about Binghamton, but then, but then that kind of flopped uh, with <laughs> a lot of people. And then, uh, obviously, there's different situations for everybody. Uh, but Daniel ended up picking uh, Stoney. Uh, I I don't know where Mike, he ended up picking. I don't, Baruch, I don't really know. Baruch. Baruch. That was not even in the ones that he told me. So, like, <laughs> see, we just all go different paths. It's kind of crazy. But hopefully we'll still stay in touch, you know. It was kind of a pack. Like, it was, it was kind of like a, there was, like, an underlying joke to it. All friends, like, going going to the same place. And, but there was some seriousness to it because yeah. we all had, like, passion in, in what we were doing. So, unfortunately, that didn't work out. And I was close to picking Stoney. Uh, but, you know, it came back to that feeling, you know. Yeah. 
I mean, you guys are all gonna, you know, stay in touch. You know, once we come back from breaks and stuff like that, you know. Okay. But all right, now that we got all that small talk out the way. You know, it's talking about college, you know, quarantine and stuff like that. Let's get into the tennis part a little bit. So, can you guys talk about and break down the scoring system of tennis? Yeah. 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 So basically, uh, my favorite part of any tennis match is when we start, because instead of saying zero zero, uh, you say love. For zero so when we start and we start specifically i say love everything because it's just like it's we're starting out but basically um it's kind of different uh for the high school level and professional level the sc- the scoring stays uh basically the same it goes love 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 to 15 to 30 to 40 and on a professional level if both sides uh are equal at 40 uh it's called a deuce and then you play advantage but uh for us on the high school level uh, there is no advantage. You just play. Uh, if you deuce, it's next point wins that game. Yeah. Uh, but on our level, it's best of three. There's it's it's kind of weird because an entire match involves a best of three sets, and within the set, there's uh, to win one set, you have to win at least six games, and then so the scoring system is really in depth. But basically, the fastest you can win mm-hmm. is two six O's. And uh, the longest is if you tie 6-6 six, six in the last set and you go into a tiebreaker, which is like uh, first to seven, which is back and forth. So how long do these matches normally last? Uh, if, if we're really going at it, they usually, I think a minimum for us was at least an hour and a half, two hours. Yeah, at least. And at then, least. then from there, depending on how f- back and forth it was, it could go up to three. Yeah. All right, so in tennis, there's singles and doubles. Um, singles is pretty much, you know, played by yourself. And doubles is kind of like a duo, like you have a partner to play with you. So are you guys singles players or doubles players? We're duos, and we uh, actually play together. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like doubles. Yeah. What is that like? Well, communication is a big factor with that, as, you know, you always have to cover each other's back. Positioning also, it's kind of – because I knew Aaron so much, we kind of already bonded already, and it was good that we had that trust together. And there's always going to be flaws and stuff, but I felt that, like, that really had us, like, protected. We could cover each other's back most of the time. Yeah, so another fact, yeah, like he said, we were we are friends, and we were friends before we started playing tennis. That was the reason we really – one of the reasons we got into tennis, because we were friends, and we were just like, let's just try this new thing together. Uh, so – we, we're also both Hispanic, which is kind of funny because we use that in our game. Because, uh, like, so so other teams wouldn't know what we were saying. We start speaking Spanish, and we just thought that was funny. Uh, it wouldn't it wouldn't always work, uh, but it was it was just another level of another level of um, bonding. Yeah. So do you feel like sometimes you guys play since you guys are such close friends and like everything's like you know joking mood and stuff like that? You guys are just joking around. You feel like it was. It was still serious at the end of the day because, you know, you're playing a serious sport against a real competition team. Do you feel like it was more fun than serious at points? I feel like during practice and training, yeah, we had we had tons of fun and stuff. Where Whether we were playing each other or we wanted to be Coach LaForgia when we were playing. But when it came to, like, real games, we were serious. We'd scream at each other. We'd get angry at each other. We'd be pushing each other. It was serious. Yeah, I think I think that's the it's it's kind of a double edged sword, you know, when you're friends with somebody and you're trying to be serious because like right after the game, you know, you're going to laugh it off. But in that game, you just like you kind of want to like kill each other. Like it's just like it's just that competitiveness that we both have that we just we just really wanted to win. And uh, yeah, it really showed on the court, you know. So for singles and doubles, what's the difference in like the rules for it? So basically, uh, it's practically the same with the scoring and everything uh but it's just how big the the court is yeah. on a tennis court there are there's multiple lines like there's there's the inner box there's like it's kind of weird so like there's like the big on a on our in our gym like when we go outside there's like the big the big rectangle that's all doubles but then there's a set of lines that are like i think it's like a meter in or something and that's the uh yeah, that's the that's the the singles line. So you play that, and you serve into it's the same. You serve into the boxes uh, across from you. It's the same thing. It's just the the space. But you usually play on the back line more more often in a singles match. 
So do you feel like it's easier to play singles or doubles? Doubles. I think well, actually, <laughs> I mean, it depends, honestly, because each has its own advantage. You know, in one in one case, you have a partner. There's some angles that you can't reach, but your partner's going to be there for you. But then signal, singles, you don't have to worry about another person, whether it's to the left, to the right. You, you know what you're going to do, and you don't have to communicate with anyone else. So it's kind of faster response time. So, okay, I mean, I like that answer. Because I could, you know... Just normally, you like doing things on your own sometimes. When you have a partner, you take sort of work. Like, it's like a school project sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you do it by yourself, and sometimes you prefer to do it on your own time. But if you have somebody else to help you with it, it's a little bit easier. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I, I, You're telling me, this guy, this guy would always, uh, would, uh, would always make me do the heavy lifting. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right, do you guys watch professional tennis? Uh, Occasionally. I dabble. Not that yeah. much. <laughs> So who are your favorite tennis players and why? Uh, Serena Williams, honestly. I feel like throughout the year she's been able to compete, even at her age, even having children. Just the ability that she's still on the professional level, still at the top. It's kind of insane, really. Uh, well, obviously, like, I, 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 won't, I won't call myself a bandwagon, but, you know, there's obviously the, the goats, the, the Federer, the – the Dragovich, all all of them guys, uh, Nadal, you know, he's Spanish homies, you know. We we gotta look out for each other when we ha- when we can, you know. So they're they're always fun to watch. It's at their level, it's kind of crazy because they're they're serving over a hundred miles an hour. Yeah. And then when they receive, they they hit it back at 80, 90. So you're just like, how how does the ball stay? Because when we played, we had trouble keeping the ball on the court. Like just just the precision and the act and the accuracy of keeping the ball in is just it's just crazy at that level and it's um it's crazy how fast paced it actually is and when and the moments where it do where it does slow down it's um it's like crazy their technique that they apply. So adding to that, uh, to add to that, it's kind of like you're watching professional tennis and you know if you flip to the channel you see that they're grunting a lot and you kind of you kind of laugh at that you kind of joke at that everyone jokes at that but. It's really it's needed. Like I found myself doing that sometimes just because you need like the power and stuff. It, yeah, that's kind of crazy because I I never thought that I that happened to me honestly, but then like we were going on this crazy rally. It it lasted. It was probably like twenty hits back and forth, and then all of a sudden you think you have the the leverage, and you take that extra step in, and you it's kind of like baseball when you're like when you're about to swing 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 the bat and you take that step. And then, uh, then you put put your all into it, and then it just it just comes out, you know. It's just it's just like uh, your body telling you this is it. Like you're just pushing even further than you thought you could. It's also like a breathing thing too, like because it's like it's exactly. positive. All right, so you guys are talking about Serena Williams and their strengths and weaknesses and stuff like that a little bit. Not really weaknesses, but you're talking about their strengths, like how fast they can hit the ball and the strength and the power that they use into it. So, what are your guys' strengths and weaknesses when it comes to the tennis court? Uh, I feel like I was kind of like the server of the team. I felt like, <laughs> I mean, do you want to agree, Aaron? You think so? Uh, no, I, I'll give you that one. I think you're a little better than me at serving. I'll give you that to you. I think Aaron definitely had the advantage in long rallies and stuff, but I feel like my serving was like A1, you know? Yeah, for, for me and Daniel, we, we really complimented each other because um, uh, I'm a righty and Daniel's a lefty, so it's easier to position that way. So when when we did mess up and I was on our good side, it was just another like another elbow we could throw. Like you should have got that. That's your that's your good side. You should have been able to hit that back. But uh, yeah, definitely for me, um, I think I did pretty well in the rallies. Uh, but the biggest weakness was I think for me was my backhand. Though that's so difficult to do. Um, like, you mess up your you mess up your step and then it's it's just going wherever it wants to. Like there's no there's no controlling that guy. Sort about weaknesses. Um, I guess sometimes because we were newer, our positioning was a kind of a big problem throughout the season. As you see someone and you see them take the ball, and sometimes you move to the wrong side, and just like a simple error like that, leaving one step behind, you're gonna slip, you're gonna fall, or your racket's not gonna reach. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, especially um, the positioning off the serve, because it took us a while to to really get that down, and uh, Costa Forge really really helped us with that. Like uh, off the serve, you can either return it. Uh, the server can either return it off the middle or the right side, and it's just that that split decision to to take that extra step in one way to really get really get to the ball. And uh, in the beginning, we we had trouble with that, uh, but as time went on. And as we like adapted to the game and how it's actually played, uh, we did get better at it. Um, so you guys talked about Coach Forge a couple times, you know, here and there. I hear his name, you know, thrown around a couple times. Day day. Yeah. So what has Coach Forge done for you guys and helped you guys as like a person, not even just on like a sports level, but just like helped you guys to develop as human beings in your character? I mean, for me personally, he's taught me about basically hard work, you know, both the sports that I played with him, bowling and tennis, I came from no experience and he taught me as much as he could. And basically when I started, we were losing, you know, I would pull bad scores or my rallies. I'd just be making fumbling a bunch of mistakes, but over time I growed and with his guidance, I think I became a pretty decent player for the time that I was in. Yeah, I, I wish I got a little better at the bowling scene, you know, with, with uh, Mr. LaForgia. But uh, uh, outside of the uh, uh, the sports scene, he, he was just like a very – he's a very genuine guy. Uh, he, he, he likes seeing people succeed. Uh, honestly, just his hard work uh, – he, he did happen to have my sister, so I did talk to him about, like, just schoolwork and grades and stuff and just, like, how, how he approaches – the students he has and even us when I, ne I never had him as a teacher, which is kind of crazy because I felt like I, I grew a lot closer to him than uh, most people do. Even when they have a teacher, uh, even when they have him as a teacher. Um, but yeah, he, he, he told me like, he, he explained that a lot of things that we, a lot of the mistakes we make. Uh, yeah. Obviously there's uh, repercussions and, we should learn from everything we're doing, but we shouldn't just focus on every single detail of all the wrongs we've done. Like everything, there's a lesson in everything we do. And he, he really tried to explain that we should look at the, the glass, glass half full side of uh, every situation. And I think that really stuck to me, especially when we play, like we would go down in sets or we'd start off bad in, in a bowling match and he just, he'd be there to like, to like make us take a step back and reevaluate what we're doing. I'm just curious, how was that applied to you during this quarantine? Can you say that again? How was that applied to you? I'm talking to Aaron right now. Because like oh, Aaron, sorry. that's fine. Aaron's talking about like the glass half full type of thing. And like, I can see a little way that could, you know, relate to this. So like, I want to know how you see it, like your perception of it. Like, how does that apply with this quarantine? Well, you know, there's obviously there's obviously the terrible things that have come from this virus and it, I, it's affected my family and people close to me and I, I pray for everyone. And I don't hope, I, I would never hope on anyone to, to have to deal with it. But, you know, for me, I think it's been a little different. Uh, I, I would consider myself a patient person. Uh, and obviously talking with uh, Mr. LaForge and, and all with the friends I have, uh, it really brings you back down to earth just because even if it's just a small, I, I hate texting. I don't like social media. I've never been on it. Uh, I got into it uh, during quarantine to just, just be able to talk to people. Uh, even if it's just a little bit more than, than what I was. Uh, I never really went out. So being home was something I was used to. But, you know, it, it, even for everybody, it gets to that point where two months you just, you just, you're itching, you're yearning to, to, to go out again, but, but just, just the ability to, to remain calm and like, obviously, as a society, as the world, as we know it, is changing. It always changes. But this is just, this is another step to where we can grow and become more than we, than we were, and become better as a society, honestly. Oh, okay. Perfect. Great. Same thing every time. All right, so sorry, Daniel, for talking about the game. No, you're good. 
Um, so like for basketball and like soccer and stuff like that, like there's certain drills you can do and there's certain things you can work on specifically, like dribbling and shooting and stuff like that. Those both apply to that. All right, but you can work on things like that. So for tennis, what what like drills and practices would you guys do to work on certain skills and what would those certain skills be? I mean, me and Aaron before all this quarantine started, we would just rally basically. We just have games and stuff because tennis I feel like drills, just passing back and forth is just key because you have to work on that accuracy and stuff and you got to know where and how you're going to place your hands and in what direction you want that ball to land, where in the parameters and everything like that. It's really a game of accuracy. Yeah, so obviously like in any sport, there's conditioning that you can do. But uh, the biggest thing in tennis is that initial acceleration that you have uh, that – when you're going from one side of the court to the other, you need to be able to take that step and push off and get to the other side as quickly as possible. So uh, we didn't really do too much uh, <laughs> running on the tennis courts. Uh, that was, it was just, it was more laid back. I think we probably should have done more. It probably would have increased your game a lot more, but outside of being on the courts, we even uh, right before quarantine, me and Daniel went to play a match. Uh, because ho- we were hoping that maybe, maybe, just maybe, we'd get back to the to the sport. Um, but you know, we it's just that practice. You know, the the serving. You just uh, as he works on his serve, I work on my receive. When I work on my serve, he he works on the receive. His we try to like backhand. I we swap sides. I play his good side, and that would make my backhand uh, the center focus. And he play uh, my good side, and he'd have to work on his backhand. Because we were righty and lefty, we just flip everything we did, and it would help to work out the weaknesses that we had. That's definitely a benefit. All right, so are there leagues outside of the school that you guys play for? Um, no, not really. I, I wish, you know. Now, now that I've actually gotten to play the sport and more in depth, I wish that I was involved more. Uh, I wasn't really involved in too many sports. Uh, throughout my high school career but I was very like growing up my uh my parents uh they put me in a lot of sports uh, everything you can imagine practically and my competitiveness uh I I hate not being able to compete with people who play who play the sport I need to at least be above the average to be able to compete with even if even if these people are destroying me and I'm I can get a few balls back and and score a couple points on them that i think that that is where i strive to be to get to that level we we versed uh um my guy justin mcmackin and he he would he would play at a different level than us and he you can see it in his in, in the way he played he just uh he, sometimes he wouldn't take it seriously but when he the, the the few times that even just watching him play when he was uh on a serious on a serious level is just it just it just brings us to a higher level. So where did are you talking about your friend and talking about how you played on a different level than you guys? And it just brought to my attention, like, where did you guys get your inspiration to play tennis from? Was it kind of just like that thing like you said where it was like, oh, you saw it, and it was like, oh, let's just team up, play tennis just for like a fun aspect, or was it something before that that kind of intrigued you and led you to play tennis? Well, after I started playing soccer in ninth grade, I feel like it kind of changed me. I felt like something was kind of missing, you know. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's something you've been doing almost your whole life, you know, when I was born and stuff. And just getting out of the routine, I kind of wanted something back like that. So bowling was kind of like the next thing that I saw. And I was like, well, I'll take a shot at it. It's not going to hurt. I mean, I thought it was a walk-on. And then I walk in and he said he's going to make cuts. Luckily, he didn't make cuts that year, but I made it because there was no cuts. And <laughs> after that, after the bowling and everything, for just telling me, persuading me, we need people on tennis. Why aren't you coming to tennis? So I was like, I mean, I guess I will. I did bowling. Why not? I'll give it a shot. Uh, yeah, well, I, I've always had an interest in playing a sport uh, in high school. Unfortunately, I, I got cut seventh and eighth grade in soccer. So, like, that pushed away my <laughs> dreams of playing sports. Um not saying that people shouldn't keep trying or anything, but to me, it was like, I, I obviously, there was obviously my side. I wasn't putting in the work that I should have to be able to get on the team. But 
uh, after a while, uh, Daniel, Daniel started play, uh, bowling before me the year before. So when he came up to me, he's like playing ten. Uh, let's start playing tennis. I was like tennis. Like who who am I to play tennis? But then like, but then when you give it a shot, I honestly I was knocking it before I even tried it. But then once I got on the court and just the environment itself was um, very appealing. So then I just wanted to keep getting back out there. That's great. Actually, I like that because normally people just like, you know, does things at the beginning, you know, they do the book by its cover and nobody would give it a shot. And you're one of the people who did give it a shot because I know a lot of people who knock tennis even yeah. or with like um, uh, pep rally and stuff like that. They're knocking the tennis team and stuff like that. But the tennis team was good, especially the girls' tennis team. Yeah, better. yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, for boys' tennis, there's like, there wasn't really anybody playing. For girls' tennis, it's a little different. They they actually have, they have a lot of members. I even uh, in the beginning of this year, uh, I would watch them play. And uh, they had a lot of people compared to boys, which was just barely making it over the cut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of clean sweeps, too. A lot of yeah. things. All right, well, for this question, I promise I have no background on this. I was recommended by a nearly seven-foot man, um, big guy, big guy. Like, he's a huge guy, you know what I'm saying? Nearly seven-foot man. He told me to ask this question. Can you guys be Mr. Rudis? I mean, I don't know. I feel like if we had the same amount of experience as we... No, 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 no. <laughs> That's a cop-out answer. <laughs> no, 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 no. You know what? I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say I could take anyone on the team, singles, whenever they want to play. Just text me and I got you. <laughs> well... I would consider myself a little better than Daniel, so I think if he can do it, I can do it. Um, He's 0-3 against me. That's not true. That is not true. <laughs> that is not true. Rudis, if you're listening, when they come back from college, take them. Just take them away. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't consider myself the best player, but uh, I think I could definitely put up a fighting chance, you know. Going up, going to get up against the people on the team, like – I, I think the only person that I really didn't really put up a fight against was again Justin. When I was going up against Christian, uh, he's like two two on the team. He was the the second man, and I was able to take a, a set over him and in a in a clean fashion. I would I would like to add. So if you're hearing this, Christian, it was clean, okay? Was clean, clean. Um, but <laughs> um, no, but honestly, um. It's just it's just the the practice, honestly. When 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 you get out of it, it's it's a little difficult to get back in it, like anything anything you do. But once we get back in it, I think I think we'll, we could be at a competing level, you know. Yeah. All right. Well, unfortunately, you guys and the rest of your spring sports, you guys and the rest of spring sports and the end of winter sports do not get to no. I'm sorry, I apologize. <laughs> you guys and the rest of the spring boys did not get to play at all. You guys didn't get into a single match, single game, none of that. But this wasn't really a crazy, a crazy surprise because it was kind of expected at one point. Yeah. Dude, like when they heard about the cancellation of um, the basketball games, everybody was speculating that spring was going to get canceled. Then spring got postponed to April 20th. But then still at that, when school didn't return, everybody thought spring was going to get canceled. Kind of. You guys did expect this due to the coronavirus and for our safety. So how did you guys and the team handle the heartbreak of knowing that you weren't going to be able to play this season? You know, me and Aaron were talking about this, and we were kind of really sad because since last year was kind of our first year, this was the year to kind of prove ourselves so that we're seniors and we're ready to play any competition that the other teams are going to give us. And just to have it taken away like that, even for other people who have been playing their whole lives, it's kind of it's so sad. Yeah, uh, so me and Daniel, like, we, uh, right before, like, right as they were postponing everything, we uh, uh, we went to play a match at uh, Baldwin Park, and we, we had a more in-depth conversation about it, how, like, this, that, that, and that moment, that our last match, which was a crazy match, a back and forth, could have been the last one we had, and for us, it was, well, yeah, for us and for me, it was, it was, um, it was bitter, you know. It's always going to be bitter when when you finally get into something that you enjoy doing with friends, and it just so suddenly gets taken away. Um, especially like I, I think it it, just, it made it a little bit worse. Probably not as bad as people who 
always been playing, but since we had just started it, uh, it would have been nice to finish it out, maybe pursue something in the future. Mm-hmm. But, you know, who knows? Maybe maybe this will uh, encourage me to, to do it in the future instead of uh, just leaving it all in high school. Tennis star? Before, before you guys heard that terrible news, what were some of the goals you guys had set for the season? I know you said it was to prove yourself the season, Daniel, but, like, what else? That's some water. Realistically, I wanted to go undefeated. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't want to handle <laughs> a single loss. And I think I think we were capable of doing it, honestly. I think we were prepared of doing it, especially mm-hmm. with all the newcomers that were coming, all the freshmen. We had uh, Christian Guerrero as captain. I think we were prepared. Yeah, even last year. Um, Every match, uh, when me and Daniel were one and two weeks in, we would ask the, our opponents how long they'd been playing, and they'd say, oh, my, all my life, five, six years, a couple years. And it really put into perspective. Uh, it didn't really matter at the level uh, we were playing at yet in that moment because we obviously were handed losses in the beginning. But that was to be expected because it's all learning. But even after each and after each serve that they threw at us, the speed, we were adjusting slightly and towards the back end of the season we were we started to pick up wins as a as a team uh as a duo and we I was really hoping I I thought we could go undefeated honestly um I thought the competition could have been a little easier than what we had previously had but we'd be we would also be better so I think that would have uh added to that so what were you guys missed the most about not having a spring tennis season just just staying after school, you know, making those classic memories with friends, just all the jokes, all the wins, all the highs, all the lows. It's kind of just being there, you know? It's just making memories. Yeah, and trying to beat LaForge again because when he plays ten, when he plays any sport and he starts to lose, he gets really angry and competitive, and that's just his nature. But watching him play is just it's, – it's really enjoyable. I think that's one of the better memories – uh, that he always he always said there's no there's no chance you could get close to beating me, oh, and then yeah. we'd start playing and then <laughs> and then he'd be like he'd be raging under his breath. It's it's just um just those small moments. Has anybody beat LaForge? Oh yeah, <laughs> a bunch of people have, but um yeah, yeah. but especially like uh, Justin and and Christian, but. Uh, yeah, I beat, we, I beat him, him too. Yeah, I, I beat him, but like they, they always beat him. We were like back and forth, you know. Uh, LaForge would always, we would always go like, uh, we would always go to the to the very end, and when he would take when he take the game over me, he'd be like, it wasn't close at all, and we had like six deuces. It was uh, six six, and I would just be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> That's crazy. I know we're talking about tennis right now, but I can't just skip over the fact that. All of us here are seniors, yeah, included, even though you know it's just you know the background. We're all seniors here, and we did get our senior year sadly taken away from us due to the coronavirus. How did you guys feel when you finally came to terms with it? Um, honestly, at first, it didn't really strike me. I don't know, maybe it was just shock or something like that. But then every day that you're doing work for classes, you're just sitting in your room and you're not doing it there, it's like those five minutes that you're in the hallway, you're just waving hi to friends, just talking, making small jokes. It's never going to happen again. Half of these people I'm probably never ever going to see again. <laughs> very true. Very. And it's just like sad. Yeah, I think, I think it was the same for me. In the beginning, I didn't really realize um, like the severity of like how it was going to hit me. Because like I knew that I after the first – week of us not being in school i was like this is gonna go on for the rest of the year they're gonna the government and and new york state they're gonna they're gonna slowly drop it on people every like two weeks which is exactly like they did um just so people didn't freak out as much but i i had this feeling that we weren't gonna get back and it only really came uh it really it only really hit me when i started realizing the little things that had been done in previous years weren't going to be done so like even in in like choir and stuff i'm in the choir and like in the last performance they give like these little like flower pins i think they do it in every music Mm -hmm. group um and the seniors they like step up and then after realizing i'm that's never that's not gonna happen with our with our class 
and then realizing the like the, the sentimental moment uh, in that moment uh, wasn't going to happen. It, even all those little things just like really, really, really made me understand what we were missing out on. And we are very fortunate that we have um, teachers, staff, members of the community, our president, uh, Mr. Yavansi, working working hard to uh, give us back what was taken away. Uh, uh, but um, yeah, it kind it does kind of suck that um that we weren't able to have everything that uh that we were promised uh well promised Not wrong. No. <laughs> uh, but you know we got to keep working hard we're unique i guess you can look at it if you want to look at it as a glass uh half full in, in that sense and uh, it's something we definitely won't forget uh in in its own way yeah the class that never graduated um <laughs> like I feel like it's only fair to ask you guys this question because I ask it to pretty much everybody. And I always love asking this question because it's really simple, but it really, it really highlights things. And it's just a natural question that I feel like everybody should be asked if they're going to be interviewed and talked about sports in any type of way. So what was your guys' favorite part about playing tennis? And if, it, if there isn't you know, necessarily just one favorite part you're going to talk about, since you guys are seniors and we don't have our senior year, we can also talk about high school in general. What was your favorite part about high school? If you want to add the tennis part onto that, or if that is your tennis part, you can do whatever you like. You can say two or one. But what is your favorite part of high school and or tennis? Mm, I think it was just all the experiences, like, culminate all together. Because just I can't imagine going through high school without playing any sports at all. I think it's such a big part of me, and it's left such a big impact, whether it was learning from the coaches or learning from all my other teammates it's something that i'm not going to forget whether it was just going to practice and something funny happened like someone fell or getting the the winning shot it's just something that's never going to leave me uh for me um i, I kind of want to answer both uh so I, I will do that um so for the biggest thing about just high school was when I moved here in seventh grade, uh, my brother also moved, obviously, uh, he moved into, uh, <laughs> into his, into the high school automatically. So he didn't really, um, it was hard adjusting just in general, but he didn't really like care as much. I don't want to say care. It's kind of care, care as much in high school. So I picked, I picked up off of that vibe. And I initially, I just, I was just like, just these four years that I'm just going to be here, not really going to, I didn't think I was going to make memory, like memories to always remember. Uh, but it wasn't like that at all. Like, cause for him, it was different because he was here for two years and then he left, but getting to know people in middle school and then coming into high school and then just, just growing with people in general, how people change over the years, me especially. Uh, opening up, uh, becoming more social and everything, uh, re really is eye-opening. And in tennis, uh, probably the best thing uh, was probably the, the the crazy rallies we had against other teams that had been playing for for years. They they would go, they they would be playing six seven years, and we'd be playing three weeks, and we would be able to keep up hitting the ball back and forth like. 20 30 times which is t exhausting uh you wouldn't think you wouldn't think it is but just that quick sprint to the other side of the court um really back and that back and forth just really gets to you uh but just being able to in that moment feel feel only you in the play and in the environment and then and take that point back when you're on the back foot is really is something really to, to not forget that that feeling well, you guys are now Stony Brook University, class of 24, and Binghamton University, class 24. What are you guys going to miss most about Bolton Senior High School? I think just the whole community, all the people, all the teachers. It's going to be, it's going to be different making new friends and everything. It's, it's a new start, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but, you know, it's never hard to leave what you're used to since elementary school, all those people. Uh, well, it's a, it's a little different for me because 
like I said before, I moved here, so I, I did have that new start. So it's gonna be it's gonna be another like it's gonna be a bump, another hill to get over. Uh, it's exciting and nerve wracking at the same time. Uh, what I'm gonna miss from Baldwin, uh, I was very fortunate in the teachers that I did have, and I was able to make connections with them. So uh, not being able to just like walking through the hall and seeing them just like a, a head nod or just a, a sly hello, you know, it's, it's always going to be something that you remember, uh, just, just vaguely remember. And even that, that small memory is just, it's just like, it's, it's weird, but it, it just sticks with you, you know, uh, just like, even when I like, I'd walk up the stairs in the science wing and I just see Palumbo and I just like, I look at him and I just laugh. I don't know why I would just laugh. And like, it was just, it was just, um, it's just one of those things where you just, you just you just remember the good times you had. Just a little thing. If you guys could describe your I'm kind of taking this one from you out a little bit. If you guys could describe your bowling experience in one word, what would it be? And why? Wow. Um, a, one word. One word. I might have to pull up with the stories because right, 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 right. <laughs> no, I got you, I got you. Uh eye opening. If it's not one for me, eye opening has a dash. Okay, learn about <laughs> it. Uh, yeah, I definitely eye opening. Uh, I forgot. No, I got it. Um, yeah, <laughs> so I was uh, the type of person to, I think I still am very uh, shy and not very social, but definitely it's been, I've been able to open myself up see what other people are doing understand that everyone isn't like you like everyone has their own problems everyone has their own misfortunes everybody has their strengths their weaknesses um and the diversity of Baldwin and being able to understand that um not everyone's the same but in their own way they're unique and they're special and understanding that everyone's working hard uh, just being able to see that every day especially in my classes people just working uh i see yao yeah i saw Yao work every day especially in the podcast i i would go down to um uh senior internship even though i didn't have it shout out um shout out mr kelly uh, <laughs> uh and i'd see i see him writing questions and and working hard everybody in that room uh whether it was for the class or for a different class um they they're just putting in the work and you know that's very eye opening you know people it it influences you. You want to work harder and be surrounded by those people more. I mean, yeah, I was going to say special, but Aaron used basically every word I was going to say and how I was going to describe it. But it's crazy to see how far everyone's become. We've grown so old and together. We built so many bonds and we've all worked so hard. And everyone's really, I feel like everyone's really set. I feel like everyone's prepared for their next journey now. And we've all helped each other throughout the way. And I feel like, I don't know, I just feel like we're ready and everyone's excited. All right. I'm out of questions, but, but there's one more thing. If you guys had to describe this quarantine and the coronavirus, if you have, like, any, like, overall message you had to tell to the people, just to end this all off, please, please share. Well, I just want everyone to stay safe. You know, quarantine, don't go out when you have to. Just stay safe. The the faster we get through this, the faster we can go outside, get back to regular life. And that's really what we all want in the end of the day. We want to go out. We want to go out with our friends, do normal activities. So just stay inside, stay safe. Yeah, I would say um, obviously there's going to be new norms coming out from it. Uh, it's it's changing and reshaping society as, as we know it, really. Uh, we want to get back to what is regular, but there's always going to be um, an underlying tone of uh, precaution now. And that's important because we, I think before uh, we would do things and we wouldn't really realize uh, how it, it was affecting other people, even if it wasn't affecting ourselves. And I think it's important now that uh, we see and are able to understand that, um, that everything we do, even, even from like a handshake uh, can affect others indirectly. Um, so it's going to be, 
it's going to be nice to be able to do things that we aren't able to uh, inside our own homes and hang out with people face to face. But it's it's going to be um, exciting to to see what comes out of it, any new like invention and stuff. So it's it's just important to stay safe. And the faster that uh, we can abide by what we're doing and and stick to this quote unquote schedule. Uh, that we can begin to do things that we want to do again. All right. Daniel Hernandez, Aaron Hurtado, appreciate you guys for coming into this Zoom call. Normally you do it in person, you know, you know. <laughs> yeah. but this is right. Zoom call and expressing everything and telling everything you got to us. Appreciate it. Thank you. Love the show. <laughs> Always wanted to be on no, it. <laughs> number one fan, number one fan. <laughs> Listen, Daniel and Aaron are certainly two of the most likable people I know. Anybody that speaks about them speaks very highly about them. And I couldn't be any more glad that they were on the show. On top of that, I'm glad to have Tyler back interviewing them for what was a great interview. To Daniel and Aaron, thank you guys for joining the show. I hope you and your families are safe. For our listeners, that is all we have for this week's episode. Next week, we give you guys a boys varsity lacrosse interview. Who will be interviewing? You just have to wait till next week and find out. Thank you, and we'll see you guys next week. But also, we are searching for the next host of the Baldwin Bruins Sports Podcast. For any juniors, sophomores, freshmen out there, if you can handle it, it's a lot of responsibility. Please contact us on our Instagram page at Bruins Podcast. Contact Mr. Kelly. K-E-L-L-E-Y-G-R at baldwinschools.org if you are interested in being a host next year. We are searching. It is that time. It's sad to see us go, but we have to start planning for the future. Thank you for listening in on this edition of the Baldwin Bruins Sports Podcast. Be sure to follow us on all streaming platforms. Check us out on Instagram at Bruins Podcast. Join us next time for more news, analysis, interviews, and everything Baldwin Sports.